blessed to have the first message today by Mr. Ken Barton, entitled, But By Every Word. That's just an impromptu. I just couldn't see leaving it down there. I don't have a funny to tell this time. It just slipped my mind. Anyway, it's pretty slippery up there anyway. I've been reading Joe Kovac's book, Shocked by the Bible, and wanted to share a few things that have really resonated with me. <clears throat> I also watched an interview on CGI's Prove All Things. It was hosted by Mike James. It was an interview with... Uh, Joe. <clears throat> it was the first time I'd watched that show, and I learned some more. For instance, and maybe you guys already have realized this, but I, I want to ask, do you know why Jesus was placed in the manger? I thought it was just because it was probably a good place to put him, and that may be so, but I know who is in control of all things, and I know why that would be if that was the case. But really, what is a manger? Feeding trough. What do you put in a feeding trough? Food. Okay. Say again. So a lot of Joe's work with this book is to show there's hidden meaning in almost everything that's going on. All around us, things we hear, songs, uh, even commercials, if you're paying attention. <clears throat> if we'll just open our minds and look for it, and part of looking for it is looking for it with the right mindset. How is God working? Where is God working? What can I learn here? Okay. Um, for instance, being placed in the manger. Job points out that the Bible, there in Luke, says three times that the baby Jesus was placed in the manger. Luke 2.7, 2.12, and 2.16. And then, of course, he asks, what is it? And it's a repository for food to be eaten out of. And what is God's word? It's food, right? Spiritual food. And that's who Jesus is, correct? The word of God. <clears throat> so what's food for? It's to nourish us, to grow us, to build us up. That brings to my mind the old wonder bread. And there's a lot of folks here that never heard this. But they had an ad way back in the day and about Wonder Bread, build strong bodies 12 ways. It was a real popular commercial. I'm sure they got a lot of sales out of it until somebody finally said, okay, can you enumerate these 12 ways? Well, or uh, <laughs> it just sounded good. They, they didn't have any backing for that statement, so they had to drop that ad. 
God's word, though, it's definitely nourishment. It builds us every way that it can if we'll pay attention and if we'll eat it. So, um, also, it's essential for our growth. You can't grow as a Christian without God's word. You're never going to learn about God, about Christ, about anything spiritual unless you eat his word, unless you read his word. <clears throat> In Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3, Moses was telling the people, he said, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now, we're not in the wilderness in, in, with them, but we are in a wilderness at times, aren't we? There's a darth of God's word, God's actions being followed out there. That's part of our lives. That's part of what we're doing. Are we going to be tested, right? Are we going to keep his commandments or not? So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. This food is exactly what Jesus used against Satan, isn't it? In both Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4. 4. And in Matthew 4.3 and 4.4, 4, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So now we know exactly why Jesus, the word of God, was laid in a manger, because where else would you put the most important food, the bread of life, for all mankind? Why is that good for us to know? Because during this time of year, many more people are open to talking about Jesus than at any other time. That could open a door for us to share the point that Jesus was put in that manger because he is the perfect and only word of God. And Jesus said this plainly to those who had followed him across the Sea of Galilee with the goal of getting more free loaves and free fishes to, that he had given them earlier, right? John six forty one. the Jews then complained about him and said, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. I'm going to drop down to verse 63. As it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. I think that this is what Jesus meant when he told Peter to feed his sheep, to feed them spiritually in order that they grow spiritually. If every word of God is food for us, we should definitely be eating it, right? Of course, but we need to know the correct meanings of the words. One of the wonderful things about this age is that there is not a lack of access to God's word. How many of you folks have things like this? Things like this, okay? 
And it doesn't have to be an apple. It doesn't have to be, you know, it, you can get God's word on these. <clears throat> One of the things about having this access is this help us understand it. You can have it in any language, just about, okay? Um, there's a men's study, and in the study we learned that there, and I don't, I think the, the, the first when it was actually done was probably in, 19, uh, in 2021, was when this was, was written. And he said that people that studied this sort of thing that by April of 23, every language, every people that have different languages, every language will have heard God's word. And they expect that by 2033, there will be, a Bible, there will be Bibles written in every language. but we need to know correct meanings. <clears throat> For an example, I want to ask you a question. Uh, how many here know John 3.16? Okay. The one that, that I think most of us know is the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I read that to make sure I didn't get it wrong. That's the King James Version. The Amplified Version, Amplified Classic Version is, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts, believes in, or trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. When we read that, Joe points out, we read and emphasize the word so, don't we? Like God so loved the world, as in the reason he did it was because he loved it so much. Here's something I learned while reading Joe's book, Reaching God's Speed. It seems there may be a glitch in the translation here. Consider for a moment how many times the Bible talks about how much he, God loves the world. Now I'm speaking about the natural lost world. You know, the one that he's always warning us about. Because here's what Apostle John says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God lives forever. Hmm. Did you notice that? Doesn't really sound like God has such an overwhelming love of, for the worldly, does it? So, what do we usually do when we run into something like this? We go to Strong's, right? 
good old Strong's, and it's in these Bible apps. Or you can get, I've got a couple of copies of the big book that you thumb through to find the number. <clears throat> so, let's go to Strong's. Here's the word that John used, number G3779, that is translated as so. Or it's huto is the way it's pronounced, meaning in this way. It comes from that, which can mean in this manner. So here's the Christian Standard Bible translation. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his only one and only son. He gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Okay? So instead of being God loved the world so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son because of the overwhelming love for the world. No, he, this is how he loved the world. This is the way he loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Makes a difference, doesn't it? That everyone believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life eternal life. The Bible is so very full of information and knowledge that God gives to us to learn from and to use to grow closer to him that I think we can never really learn at all. But I do think that it may help us to consider sources that will pique our interest and keep us curious in his word so that we will keep looking for wonderful words from God that will deliver us and grow us and keep us and we will have eternal life.